Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, welcome into the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Holden with Vison, Ian St. Clair, my buddy with PlayColorado.com, will join us in just a little bit. Talk about a lot of things, including Colorado being a top 10 betting state going forward. What does that mean? You'll know a little bit later on. I've got some interesting news on the Broncos from Russell Wilson, maybe Von Miller. We're going to look at the Bet Rivers draft odds for the position that the Broncos are going to take in the first round. We'll definitely get into the Rockies. We got the Nuggets as well. I got a Rockies bet today. Um, and then I also want to remind you that rate and review the show. Can you give me five stars? Can you say something nice about me? I'd really appreciate it. Uh, just realized we need to get some ratings and reviews. So time to do that. How about a little thumbs up there? That'll be great. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio and let's get into this. Front Range 4, four biggest stories on the Front Range. I'm just going to take three different things going on with the Broncos and we'll just mash it into one, okay? So first of all, according to the Rich Eisen Show, Bobby Wagner, uh, just a super stud with the Seahawks for a long time defensively, he says Russell Wilson tried to recruit him to the Broncos while both players were still on the Seahawks. And that was before he was traded to the Broncos, which makes me go back in time because we were trying to put the timeline together. Was the trade for Russell Wilson there the whole time? Like Peyton said it was. Was it there the whole time? Or did it just kind of crop up after the Aaron Rodgers news? And this is starting to look more and more like this plan was in the works for a while. And Aaron Rodgers did use the Broncos as nothing more than leverage. And I do wonder if he knew that he wasn't going to be coming here, that he would just using them for nothing more than leverage. So that's an interesting thing to go back into time. Nothing to do with betting, just something at the top of the show that I had to bring up. Also, here was something fun. Von Miller asked if he feels the Bills have a hangover after their loss to the Chiefs. First of all, Von was with the Rams last year and the Broncos, of course, but now he's with the Bills. He goes, are we talking about a hangover? I've been in Denver. We're talking about six years. And he's right. He's right. The Broncos have been in a post-Super Bowl hangover for the last six years. <laughs> it stinks. We are now nine days away from the Broncos' first pick at number 64 overall. The last pick in the second round. We are eight days away until the NFL draft. And uh, Bet Rivers has all the Broncos prop bets here. I love this. I absolutely love it. So go check it out. It'll be in the 2022 NFL draft section. You'll have to look for it. Um, once you do that, click on it. 
scroll all the way down and you'll find a couple of Broncos bets there. Exact playing position of the team's first drafted player. And then you've got posi uh, playing position of the team's first drafted player. If you think they're going offense, that's uh, minus 104. You think they're going defense. The book thinks they're going defense a little bit right now at minus 125. Also, um, who do you think that the, or what position do the books at least think the Broncos are going after first? Well, if you think it's a linebacker, it's plus 250. They're the favorite, very slight favorite over a defensive lineman at plus 260, defensive back at plus 280, and then an offensive line at plus 350. And then you go, like, if you think it's Trey McBride at plus 800, you might as well do that. I'm telling you, I don't, just don't think he's going to be their first pick of the 2022 draft. But as you can see or hear, like I told you, top three positions, linebacker, defensive lineman, defensive back. So the book thinks that the Broncos are going to say we're going to go with defense. Now, I'll continue to dig a little bit, but I do wonder if it's a good bet to lay minus 125 on the first selection as defense. NFL draft rooms often don't know the player that they're taking until slightly before their turn sometimes you're taking the best player sometimes you're taking the player that fills the biggest need it's interesting so it'll be interesting to see where this goes i have a slight lean toward defense at minus 125 especially since the books think they're going defense with that number 64 pick peyton could move up he could move back who knows but i do think that the mock drafts are an interesting way to look at this and I'm not saying just one or two. I'm saying as a whole, it's almost like a mock draft conglomerate. The mock drafts say Denver has a ton of needs for depth at multiple positions. And it's wide open as to who their first selection is going to be at number 64. Okay. Um, you got one with inside linebacker Chad Uma from Montana. Actually, two of the mock drafts have him. Uh, an edge rusher, Nick Benito from Oklahoma. Another couple have him, Trey McBride. My buddy George Stoyer from the Gazette joined us. He said Trey McBride is the pick there. So those were three guys that kind of popped up the most from these mock drafts. Very, very interesting. Uh, you also have a, um, a conglomerate here of mock drafts. Here are the other names. Minnesota offensive tackle, Daniel Falele. Uh, Nick Benito's popping up a lot. Isaiah Spiller, the running back from Texas A&M, have a hard time thinking they take a running back at 64, but who knows? Edge rusher Cam Thomas, edge rusher Drake Jackson, linebacker Chad Muma. So a lot of these same names, there's like five or six guys that keep popping up over and over again. And let me just count here real quick. One, two, three, four, five. Five of the seven players that are popping up most in these mocks are defensive players. Also, the Broncos only have five cornerbacks under contract. That'll be interesting. Uh, I, they've got to go cornerback, and it wouldn't shock me if they go cornerback in that first pick. So I'm just thinking here. I'm thinking out loud. I thought of this before. Very interesting stuff. Uh, not so sure the Broncos should end up moving up to a first-round pick via trade, though. I think that they, if you're looking for... You're starting quarterback and you want to move up to the first round or you're looking for just a game changer. Sure. Uh, give up some draft capital there as it stands right now. I just think they need depth defensive back, mostly corner inside linebacker, outside linebacker, and then the offensive line. Now Peyton told reporters during the NFL owners meetings last month that he has the ammo to still trade up. We're not going to take Thursday off, which would be the first day of the draft, even though they don't have a pick. That back end of the first round, you never know what's going to happen. So it is still possible that maybe Peyton packages a couple of seconds and thirds, figures out a way to get into the back end of the first day of the draft. So just because the Broncos don't have a draft pick doesn't mean you shouldn't be watching the first day of the draft to see if they end up having a draft pick. Yeah, going from number 64 to the first round also is a long jump. I mean, that's 32 picks and they don't have a second round pick next year. So it's going to be tough for him to move up. I think there's a good chance of them moving up. And I think there's a good chance of them moving back. It's, it's right there. Like 33 point, whatever percent staying 33 point, whatever percent 
uh, trading up 33 point whatever percent trading down. That's where I am with the Broncos. I just find it absolutely fascinating. Okay, that's number one on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Let's go to the Nuggets. Ay, ay, ay. Game three lines. Here we go. Nuggets plus one and a half, minus 113. They are dogs at home. They opened at plus two and a half now, minus uh, plus one and a half, minus 113. Even money on the money line, 224 is the total. I'll have a. A, a bet tomorrow, but my big question now is can the Nuggets calm down and put this gong show on stilts behind them? Because they are a, just a travesty and mockery. Jokic has needed 45 shots for 51 points in the series. He's minus like 45 or 46 in the series. And at this point, I honestly, God, just think the, the number one thing for me is seeing them not getting swept in the first round. Maybe win a game. And honestly, looking at the way, looking at the way that these Warriors have performed early on, you can't look at their regular season at all and say that that was the team that was constructed. No, the team that was constructed to win it all is playing right now. And they all came together and they all have postseason experience with the exception of Jordan Poole, who's just stepped up and become a superstar. So everything's working for the Warriors right now. I just don't see a scenario where the Nuggets come back. I don't see it. I don't even think they win this series if they had Jamal Murray, to be honest with you, because they still don't have enough to defend the three Splash Brothers of Curry, Thompson, and Poole. Curry's getting healthier. Draymond, whatever he has, he has just a curse over Nikola Jokic here. And I know what it is. He's beating the hell out of Jokic. He's six inches shorter. So there's no calls being made. And that's why Jokic is getting frustrated. But again, it would be nice to see Murray out there. He could be your second scorer. He can defend a little bit. But the way that these three guards are playing with Draymond in there, I just don't think the Nuggets even win this series with Jamal. And I'm hoping at this point they just don't get swept. So for more on the Nuggets here, I think there's an interesting betting nugget. Yes, pun intended. So Jonathan Van Tobel. Big fan, been on the show, handicapper with VEASAN with the mothership. And he was talking about betting first quarters in game three on a team down 0-2. But this is something that sharp bettors were betting, boy, back four or five years ago and just crushing the books because the mindset is, okay, team comes in, down 0-2, they will just come out guns a-blazing in that first quarter. You back the team down 0-2 and you win. Well, it hasn't been successful over the last year or so. And the Nuggets are plus one and a half for the game. And earlier today, they were minus one in the first quarter. I did see that flip, though. I did see that flip. That is now Nuggets plus one for the first quarter. I don't like the juice at minus 134, though. I don't like the juice at minus 134. But I think it's interesting. Team down 0-2. There used to be a way that you would get, you know, two, three, four points in the first quarter. The books just weren't on. They're onto it now. So those of you that are at least digging into it, maybe it's a thought that you had. Make sure, make sure you're getting not only the amount of points you want, but the value that you want. And I think they're one and a half plus one and a half for the game. They're one point dogs for the first quarter. I'd be great with that if the juice was closer to 110, but I just don't think you're getting great value at minus 134, okay? So that's the first uh, NBA betting nugget. The second NBA betting nugget I want to get you is it has nothing to do with the nuggets. My buddy Chris Raybon, Action Network. The Heat just improved to 60-31 and 31 against the spread as a playoff favorite under Eric Spolstra including 9-0 and over their last nine. Let me repeat this. Under Eric Spolstra, as home or as uh, playoff favorites, the Heat are 9-0. and So as a playoff favorite, 9-0 and under Spolstra, the Heat are minus two at Atlanta. That is a bet that I would think is something that I'm going to be on. Okay? Uh, minus two on the road, Heat... 66% against the spread as a playoff favorite under Spolstra, 9-0 over their last nine. So I'm going to be hitting the heat there. 
Okay, let's move on. Not just because of the trend, though, either. The Heat are just the better team, and they they got a good shot of coming out of the East. All right, let's move on to the uh, number three topic here on the Front Range 4, four biggest stories on the four, Front Range in sports. Uh, Rockies. Ah, uh, yes. Baseball is here. And Bet Rivers has a special offer for your Saturday games. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you're going to earn a $10 free bet. With same game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. You must be 21. You must live in Colorado as well. So that's important. And also, if you do have a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Now back to the Rockies, Kyle Freeland, the lefty, the local kid, five-year, $64.5 million contract. So the Rockies locked him up too. He has a player option for the sixth year. Last night against the Phillies, he gave us a good start, right? We looked at that. We backed the Rockies. He gave us a good start after two starts where he had just implosion innings. He had three implosion innings in his first two starts. He didn't last night. Five innings, six hits, two runs, three Ks, and a walk. His signing keeps him and Senzatella and Marquez together through at least 2024. So, I still don't think this team is getting to the playoffs this year. That's fine. You don't have to worry about that. But 2023, 2024, a barren farm system. I don't know how much they're going to be spending on free agents going forward. But if the Rockies don't make the playoffs between now and 2024, then... This, this thing is even a bigger debacle than we thought it was. But I'm having a hard time criticizing them right now. And I don't want to because I want to enjoy this run that they're on. They're 8-3. and three, Okay? Now, Bill Schmidt, the general manager, I, I'm not, let's not blame him for anything with the Arenado deal. Okay? But he didn't get anything for Story. He didn't get anything for Gray. And is he trying to make it up now with Chris Bryant and a bunch of extensions and a better bullpen? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I, I guess I'm starting to see a plan, though. Lock up some of these guys before they, they, they hit the free agent market. Lock up our front three pitchers who have come up. They've been with us, and they know how to pitch in Coors Field. You throw a ton of ground balls. Maybe you're not going to miss a ton of bats, but you're going to throw ground balls. Okay, Bill Schmidt, hey, we screwed up. We should have gotten something for Gray and for Story. We didn't. Let's go out and sign Chris Bryant, who's a hell of a bat. By the way, Nolan Arenado is off to a remarkable start with St. Louis. He'd already hit four home runs, and that was before yesterday. Man, they're good. Man, he's good. But what is the plan? So I guess the plan now is Chris Bryant. Hope that C.J. Crone continues to do what he's doing. You know, find a gem or two. You know, bring those guys in. And build around the front three starting pitchers. Chad Cool has been a nice addition to this point. And their bullpen has been great. If you can have a bullpens are just mercurial though. You don't know if you're going to have a great bullpen until the season starts. Look at the Phillies. I, mean, I keep targeting the Phillies bullpen and this is going on year number three now. They just can't build it. Well, right now the bullpen for the Rockies is terrific. Uh, who knows if it stays that way, but they've been wonderful. So after yesterday, eight and three, they took out Philly, CJ Crone, a three run blast that gave the Rockies the lead for good there in 11 games. Crone leads the majors in home runs. He's got 36 total bases. He's driven in 14 runs and he's hitting 326 with an 1199 OPS. Boy, that's pretty nice. All right. So that's the first thing on the, the Rockies. Number four on the front range for the four biggest stories in sports is going to be the Rockies game today. Herman Marquez versus Zach Eflin. Now, Eflin's not a guy that's going to give up a ton of fly balls. As a matter of fact, through a couple of starts this year, he's keeping the ball on the ground pretty well. But I think the key to today to sweeping the Phillies would be the Rockies attacking the Philly bullpen once again. And I think it's always a great live betting opportunity, betting against the Phillies, especially if the Phillies have the lead, starting pitcher comes out. It's pretty simple. It's been a very profitable formula. I guess we can call it a system betting against the Phillies bullpen system. Their bullpen stinks. And the Rockies got to him again yesterday. And the Rockies offense against Eflin and a struggling Phillies bullpen, to me, 
I'm taking the Rockies money line here, and I'm taking the Rockies money line minus 104 with Marquez on the mound. I think he bounces back after a rough start. Had a great first start, rough second start. I think he bounces back again today. Now, for the first time this season, I think we're going to have nice weather at Coors Field, though, and that's big because the ball has not been flying out of the, the ballpark. Crone, as a matter of fact, his home run went like 407 feet, which was not a, a very long home run. I think that is the shortest home run on the season for the Rockies. Charlie Blackman, on the other hand, has the longest home run in baseball this season. That, that one he cranked out a couple of nights ago. Looking pretty good. Oh, by the way, tonight, upper 60s, little wind, actually a lot of wind in the 20s, gusting again in the 20s. You don't know if it's blowing in or blowing out. So I don't think the weather is really that much of a bump here at Coors Field, although it's been better than the last a couple of nights. Um, here we go. A couple other trends here. The under is 10-4 and four in the Rockies' last 14 home games. Unders. The Phillies are 8-20 and 20 in their last 28 meetings in Colorado. That is not good. Not for them, at least. So I think the game is probably going to start once you listen to this pod by the time it drops. So again, I'm on the Rockies minus 104. <clears throat> if you're listening to this pod, you're like, oh, I like that. Let's go turn to Rockies game. Third inning, still 104, bet it. Uh, I would also say this. When you see, if you're not betting at the beginning of the game, if you see, and this is a scenario that has to just come together, but if you see the Phillies up and Eflin just missed the game and it's a one or two run game, I would bang the Rockies money line there because I truly believe that this, this is another game where the Rockies could come back, smash their bullpen, and end up winning things. One more note on Marquez. He was really good against the Phillies last year. He only allowed two runs, had 14 strikeouts and four walks in 12 innings against Philly. And the Rockies have won six of seven in the series against the Phillies. Okay, that was the front range for four biggest stories in sports on the front range. Next, Ian St. Clair, play Colorado, playcolorado.com. Going to talk about every local sports team, plus how wonderful of a state Colorado is when it comes to sports betting. That's next, Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers from a super secret location somewhere in North America. Ian St. Clair joins me today. We will not be using Ian's soundbite as part of the show promo today. Uh, again, it's just completely dark. I don't know what part of the world he's in. It's very, very shady, Ian St. Clair. What are you doing? Are you okay? Have you been kidnapped? I have not been kidnapped, Good. but you could basically use this as a remote location to do it because there's nobody <laughs> around. So keep that in mind. I, I mean, I am in Rapid City, South Dakota. Beautiful location. It's a lot like Colorado with the Black Hills, with... Uh, Rapid City, Deadwood, a very historic gambling town for those who know South Dakota and the Dakota Territory history. So, beautiful place. I do not know the Dakota Territory history, and I'm sure we can get to that some other time. Not on the Denver City Cast presented by <laughs> my friend. Hey, I, I saw some numbers come out for the handle. For those of you that really don't know what handle is, it's just the amount of money that's being bet on sports in a specific state or just for yourself or whatever. So I'm seeing between right around 400 and something million dollars for being one of the top five states for the month of March. We have not reported yet here in Colorado, although the Nuggets rolling, the abs were rolling. We had uh, Russell Wilson being traded, right? Wasn't that March or was that back yep. in February? There had to be some a ton of bets put on the Broncos then. I mean, I have them. Rockies were just about to start up. Baseball, probably not that hot. March Madness, obviously the big one here. How big you think this month is going to be? Because then I want to talk about going forward. I think for the month of March, it could push 500. And that might be 
rich on my blood. Uh, I do think that it's going to be between 450 and 500. I think 500 would be the upper end of that, obviously, because in January, Colorado did 570. And that's with the NFL having that extra week, week 17 games, the playoffs, and then you add in the NBA. So I, I think it's going to be very interesting. And you mentioned Russell Wilson. I've said this to you on your show before. I think this is going to be our first indication for what betting enthusiasm is and what it's like when the Broncos have a quarterback because the last six years and then since sports betting launched in May 2020 there has been no excitement around the Broncos and now it's palpable you can feel it it's like it was when Peyton Manning chose the Broncos in 2012 so I'm very interested to see what the March handle looks like because that's going to give us a, a real clear indication of what the what the future holds for this market yeah, it's going to be fascinating. It, it really is. And the Nuggets are going to be popular. Unfortunately, they're probably not going to last that long. But I still talk to people in the betting industry, and they keep telling me that Colorado is just so important. They're like, listen, man, just keep doing what you're doing. Things are going to be fine, and it's going to be one of the top 10 uh, betting states in the country. And you think about it, even if all 50 states are legalized, right? You know, you think Texas is going to be gigantic, and I'm with you on that one. California would be big. Florida would be big. But even if all 50 states were there, Colorado would still be in the top 10. I wonder how much that has to do with population, how much it has to do with the sports teams. Why? Why would it be top 10? Because of the love of sports in Colorado. There, that that's the one thing when sports betting launched, literally every operator told me that it's because of the ravenous fan base, and that was with the Broncos not being any good, and now they're in the talk to contend for the Super Bowl. That's why I it's even the Rockies. You go to twentieth and Blake, and and they've been better this year. They're they started eight and three, but even the Rockies get great support fan support when they're not very good obviously the nuggets and the avalanche have been contenders for the last few years and that's not going to stop college football college basketball it's just a ravenous sports uh sports state and that's why colorado is going to remain in the top 10 if all 50 were to legalize now obviously i don't think utah or hawaii would do it so that would be 48. Why not Hawaii? What's wrong with Hawaii? I, I think Hawaii would be more likely than Utah, I think. So it's, it, but it will be incredibly fascinating as the Colorado market continues to mature, continues to grow. More people realize that, as I've said to you before, it's a form of wagertainment. It adds to the way you watch the game. Invest in the game invest in the in the teams it changes the way you watch sports mm -hmm. so it, it's very interesting it's going to be very interesting as this as this market continues to grow and I, i've been told as i've said to you before as well there are people in the industry who think colorado is going to overtake nevada eventually that to me is mind-blowing it would be nicer though if we had some casinos closer to denver is all i'm would. saying and, yeah, I, I and you don't Black have to Hawk. drive through just awful, awful roads to get out to Blackhawk from where I am, from where you are. I mean, I, when it's snowing, I have no desire to go to Blackhawk. No. And it snows a lot up there. It does. And it, you, there's Cripple Creek as well. And Cripple Creek is, is more on the line, on, on the part I mentioned, Deadwood. Cripple Creek is like that. It's more unrefined. I think there's, there's, there's renovations in play, I wrote a story last year at PlayColorado.com about a new casino that's going to be coming to Cripple Creek. There's not really any retail sports books up in Cripple Creek yet, but I agree with you. If, if there is a way to change the state law to allow some sort of casino, casinos, maybe the sports books around the, the sports betting tents or... Um, Shops at Mile High, uh, Points Bet has a, a deal with Ball Arena. It would be interesting if there were kiosks or just to have casinos in downtown Denver. I mean, there's talk in New York 
about having downstate casinos. There's three casino licenses available in New York. There's talk about a potential sportsbook casino at City Field for the Mets. So I, I that would be very interesting if Denver was able to get some sort of casino, casinos in Lodo or wherever they may be. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. So let's get into something else. Uh, Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, who I have multiple times said stole story from me, never gave me any of the credit. Talked with Flip Saunders, gave me some breaking news, never got back to me. And ever since then, I've just not been a, a Woj fan. That being said, he's a great reporter. They also asked him his opinion, though, and I don't think his opinion uh, moves much on my side. He talked about gambling, sports gambling, sports betting, and how it's making fans more hostile, right? I feel like people, fans have just been more hostile no matter what. And if there is a couple of times a year that a player has to hear something really nasty because of a sports better in a stadium, big deal. I'll also say this. I bet you Woj would not have said that had he had a sports book deal. Thoughts on what Woj had to say about sports betting and unruly fan behavior. Well, let, let's tackle the, the elephant in the room first. Massachusetts doesn't have legal sports betting. So if there was anybody at TP Garden who was getting after Kyrie Irving, it wasn't because of the legal sports book parlay that they just put while watching the Celtics and the Nets. And I think that that's the crux of this. Let's not pretend that just because sports betting has been legal since 2018 after the, the Supreme Court overturned PASPA, that there wasn't gambling going on before that. And you mentioned it. Fans have always been unruly. This is Boston. Boston doesn't need another excuse to be unruly toward an opponent, let alone one that played for the Celtics. And the other thing to keep in mind with all this is who gave Woj that opinion? Because I don't think it was his. He's not going to say something that wasn't directly fed to him by somebody in the NBA. So it's hard to take it seriously. It, it's somebody who obviously doesn't understand the industry. Mm-hmm. And I just can't get over the fact that, one, it's Boston. Two, it's Massachusetts, which doesn't have legal sports betting. And three, it was directed toward Kyrie Irving, who there are all number of reasons to heckle Kyrie Irving, sports betting isn't probably going to be at the top of the list. No, no. They probably would have said this. I mean, I I was watching the Red Sox game yesterday afternoon. I had some money on that, and they were dropping the F Kyrie thing. Yeah, I mean, multiple times. For no reason. They don't need an excuse to go after and heckle somebody. So if you're going to use that as, as some harbinger to go after sports betting and legal betting that's probably Mm -hmm. not the best way to go about it when you're using boston sports fans as a way to hey they're heckling somebody yes it's boston yeah it's boston that's what happens that's what they do uh so we got that out of the way let's go talk about some local teams start with the nuggets complete travis sham mockery They're down 0-2. They're not winning this series. My only hope now is that they can win a game in this series. Does this remind you of anything, Nuggets, in the past? Or is this its own unique situation where Cousins and Barton were fighting? Jokic is getting upset. He's slamming the ball, getting ejected. Austin Rivers is barking. Talk to me here. I think the thing that it reminds me of is that the the Nuggets just – they have to get over that playoff hurdle. I have been a fan of the Nuggets since the 80s. I went to old McNichols Sports Arena. I watched Alex English. I watched Walter Davis. I watched Danny Shays, Blair Rasmussen, Scott Hastings, who does the games now for Altitude. Mm-hmm. I've been a Nuggets fan I, I, my whole life. I, I went to Nuggets games before I went across the street to Old Mile High across Federal Boulevard. They have to get over the playoff hurdle. And whether it's making it to the Western Conference Finals and the times that they've been there losing to the Lakers, I, I, I tell this to my wife all the time. I love the Nuggets, but until they can finally get to the NBA Finals, I'm going to be a jaded fan. And this is this is expected. This is what happens when the Nuggets make the playoffs. 
And there are any number of reasons this year. They don't have Jamal Murray. They don't have Michael Porter Jr., whatever. Dallas Mavericks just beat the Utah Jazz without Luka Doncic. Aaron Gordon has disappeared. Why are they paying him as much money as they are? I I think DeMarcus Cousins was basically the Nuggets fan base and going after Will Barton. The other thing that stands out is this is a dumb basketball team. They were up 12 points and Monte Morris slams the ball into the basketball band or uh, Lanchin throws it into the hoop, gets a technical foul, which spurs the run when Steph Curry gets back on the floor. It's a dumb basketball team. And how much of that is directed at Michael Malone, who is seemingly incapable of making adjustments. He may have kept Nikola Jokic on the bench too long in game two. I don't know. That's a discussion to have. But it, this is this this is the same old Nuggets. This is the Nuggets that everyone knows and loves or hates as a fan. Yeah, well, they're in a lot of trouble. <clears throat> and again, I, I talked about this earlier here. I don't feel confident enough to pick them in tomorrow night's game. I don't feel confident enough to pick them in the first quarter where they're coming off a 2 nothing series deficit, have to win this game. You'd think they'd come out like guns a-blazing, right? You would think. It's just a bad matchup now. It's They've got three matchup. Splash Brothers, not two. Yep. And Curry's only getting healthier, and Draymond has owned Nikola Jokic. And that's what I said leading into this series. You're going to get Steph Curry back when we talked last week. It was still somewhat up in the air if Steph Curry was going to play. I said if he if he does, the, the Warriors will sweep the Nuggets. And I said Draymond Green is going to annoy the crap out of Nikola Jokic. And that's mm-hmm. what he's done. He is a great defensive player, but he is a, he is such an irritant. He's like Darren McCarty was for the Detroit Red Wings in the 90s. Just one of those players that just grates your skin. You love him when he's on your team, and you hate him when he's on the opponent's. And it just, you mentioned, it's a horrible matchup. Not only do you have to deal with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, now you have to deal with Jordan Poole. Are you serious? Three guys who can just basically shoot it from anywhere on the floor, and it, they don't miss. That's the other, that's the thing that just drives you nuts about Golden State is they just do not miss. And that's a testament to Steve Kerr and the system that he's implemented with Golden State, and they're finally getting healthy. And I, I think this is going to be a dangerous team in the NBA playoffs, as you mentioned it, with Steph Curry now getting healthy. Yeah, I think Booker's banged up too with the hamstrings. So it might, I'm going to go look that up right now. I was thinking about this. I don't think the Warriors can beat Phoenix at full strength, but if Booker is going to be banged up, then maybe there is a shot. Uh, but again, uh, the chances of the Nuggets coming back in this series are slim to none. I just... They're none. I don't see it. <laughs> I, I just, Like, no chance. You're smiling over there because you know I'm right, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I said it earlier. I'm a jaded Nuggets fan. This is this is what happens with the Nuggets in the playoffs. It happened with Alex English back in the 80s. Now it's happening with Nikola Jokic in 2022. Well, because they've looked so good, they are plus 160 to win the West. The Warriors are. Suns plus 125. And they are also the second leading favorite to win the title, plus 350 behind the Suns, plus 290. So the Nuggets have helped them look so good that uh, many people think they're the favorites now. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, any interest in the Denver Broncos draft? want to talk to you about that. I do. There's a lot of great bets that we can do. I'm starting to lean toward them choosing defense. But uh, talk to me here. Give me, you know, before we even get into this, give me some draft memories. Do you ever just sit at home and watch the whole draft back when they had it in one day and seven rounds and it took them like 16 hours? I, I do remember in high school and then as a kid watching Chris Berman do the draft on, on sport uh, for ESPN. In terms of the Broncos, it you mentioned this year any excitement for the draft and my podcast co-host and I just did a podcast for Mile High Report talking about how we don't really care about the draft because the Broncos have Russell Wilson. And mm-hmm. the last six years, it's been, well, are the Broncos going to draft a quarterback? Please draft a quarterback. We're begging you, draft a quarterback. And then they draft Paxton Lynch. And then they get Drew Locke. Now we don't have to worry about it because they have Russell Wilson. In terms of this draft, I'm with you. I think they probably go defense. They probably go edge. I wouldn't be surprised, though, to see George Payton trade up to the end of the first round or early in the second round from pick number 64. That's what I'm looking for. 
and I, I would not rule it out. I, uh, I, I'm thinking there's just a lot of holes though. There, there are still a lot of holes from a depth percentage percept. Uh, yeah. From depth, not from starters. Right. Right. So I just look at them multiple positions for needed depth. I think cornerback, you'd like to get younger at cornerback. You'd like to add an inside linebacker. You'd like to add a, an edge rusher. I keep hearing everybody saying, oh, 64, Trey McBride, tight end. There's no way in hell you draft a, a tight end at 64. I'm sorry. If you're trying to win the Super Bowl this year, a tight end is not going to help you. It's just been proven. If you're trying to go a little bit longer term, you could take a tight end there. Um, so you don't care about it as much, right? But I'm just looking at it from the point that there's a couple of pieces of the puzzle they could fill in here and maybe make a massive run. I don't think Trey McBride's going to be the guy to help them win a Super Bowl this year, though. No, I don't think they go tight end at 64. And you mentioned depth. They had they need depth at running back. After Javante Williams, they really don't have anybody with Melvin Gordon still on sign. And then in terms of depth, you also need it at offensive line, whether it's uh, right tackle, even though they brought back Billy Turner from Green Bay. They could use depth at offensive tackle and then on offensive line in terms of the interior. Mm -hmm. So there are still some depth pieces. That's why I wouldn't rule out George Payton moving back up into the end of the first round. If there is somebody like an edge or an offensive lineman, um, there's that running back cook, Delvin Cook's brother from Georgia, who the Broncos have met with. That would be an interesting pairing with Javante Williams. So it, it, while I don't care, about the draft since the Broncos have a quarterback and they have picked 64. I'm curious what George Payton does because they just won an award at the combine in Indianapolis for having the best draft last year. So George Payton and the, and his front office staff know what they're doing. And if they need to get depth, they've shown that they will be able to go out and do it. And that's where it can get exciting because you have a team now that can contend. Now it's about, adding on yeah at this point no reason um not to think that Peyton's gonna get the job done he's just so good yeah you know agree. he's just so good uh at doing that and it's only one I mean we're talking about what one draft that's what we looked at yep but the next one's coming up all right hanging out with Ian St. Clair play Colorado playcolorado.com as we always do on Wednesdays you want to talk about your abs for a second Kadri should be coming back here I saw where Bednar said they're going to be resting a lot of their starters, getting them ready for the playoffs. I'm officially done betting the Avalanche during the regular season. I cannot wait for the postseason. I'm telling you right now, buddy, it's over. No more betting on the Avalanche. I just don't know who's going to be playing, who's not going to be playing, and really what is going to be the, the motivation there for uh, the Avalanche at this point as they basically just wrapped it up, right? They've wrapped up the Western Conference. Yep. Now it's just the, the uh, President's Trophy. And I don't think they care about that because they won it last nope. year, and look what happened in the second round of Vegas. So I think it's more important from the Avs perspective, and you mentioned Jared Bednar saying this, it's, it's more important that they get healthy than to compete with Florida for the President's Trophy. That's where the avalanche need to have their focus on. And you mentioned Kadri coming back against Seattle. There's talk that Gabriel Landisgod could play one or two of the final games next week prior to the playoff starting. I think that would be big just to get him back into getting comfortable after his surgery and getting back on the ice and playing a game or two before the playoffs start. That would be ideal. Uh, Bo Byram is back. Sam Gerrard is back. Now it's just letting Devontae's, Eric Johnson, all the others, just getting right, getting ready for what is going to be hopefully the third Stanley Cup run for this organization. Let's just make sure it's not like the Nuggets, okay? Oh, I, if, they don't just. Implode. If it turns into that again, you're going to have a lot of people who are going to be disappointed, and I think you're going to have a an organization that's disappointed. The the moves that Joe Sackick has made is to finally get over the second round hurdle. It's to finally get to the Stanley Cup finals and hoist the Stanley Cup. Listen, the crowds are amazing there, right? They sell out. It's tough to get a ticket to the abs. At what point in time is it just going to be the regular season really doesn't matter anymore? It and doesn't. People start, stop showing up. Never? They'll, still, they'll still show up. Because I remember back in the day with that Joe Sackick, Ray Bork team that won the Cup in 2000, 2021, 
or 2000, 2001, they had, they had it wrapped up, but fans continued to show up and watch the team because it was a fun team to watch. They knew what they were watching was going to be special. And I think that's, that's what's happening with this team. And the thing that's amazing about it is you mentioned the injuries, the fact that Landeskog has been out for well over a month and now Kadri has been out a few games. They've been out without Bo Byram for most of 2022. He's only played a few games since being back after concussion problems. They're still winning games without Gabriel Landeskog. And now you throw him back into the loop after because he hasn't played since the trade deadline with all these additions of uh, Lycanen, Sturm, uh, Cagliano, Mattinson. Now you're going to add that to the, you're, you're adding him back to the equation where you have a top line now where you can put McKinnon, Landeskog, and Rantanen together. Now you can have Kadri, Burakovsky, Machushkin, even Lycanen potentially, who has been phenomenal. I mean, I, I that's the that's the trade that is proven to be one of the most valuable because he was a huge part of Montreal's run to the Stanley Cup Finals last year, and he's showing that with the way that he's playing for the Avs. And now that's a piece where you can put with Sturm on the third line if you want. And it's just it's exciting to talk about the possibilities as this team gets healthy, which is the most important thing as we've talked about. Yeah, I got to go back to the Broncos for a second. Bobby Wagner told Rich Eisen that Russell Wilson tried to recruit him to the Broncos while both players were with the Seahawks, to which this kind of just cements the fact that Peyton really did want Russell Wilson number one overall. And I do wonder if Aaron Rodgers knew that and he did use the Broncos as nothing more than leverage. And you and I discussed this, and I think we were on the same page there. Does that surprise you any that Russell Wilson tried to recruit Bobby Wagner to the Broncos when both were still members of the Seahawks? No, that doesn't surprise me at all. Bobby Wagner is a phenomenal football player. I would want him. Yeah. I would want to recruit him too. I I think it it would. I don't know about the details. I don't. Obviously, we don't know if George Payton entertained it at all. We haven't had any kind of reports from the Broncos reporters on if that was even the case. I would have loved to have had Bobby Wagner on this team just because of the leadership and the respect that he demands being in the locker room. Mm-hmm. But no, it doesn't surprise me at all. I, I wouldn't be surprised right now we're seeing talks out of San Francisco that Debo Samuel doesn't want to play for the 49ers. I would not be surprised to have a certain quarterback of the Denver Broncos uh texting or getting on the line with a certain receiver trying to get him to come here. Can you imagine Debo Samuel with Russell Wilson? And I don't Courtland know how you Sutton get him. Tim Patrick. I don't know how you F get him. You picks. got no first round picks. I mean, who are you giving up? You got to give up somebody, right? Just do what that do what uh, the, the Rams have done. Just like get five. They don't have out. first round picks. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, they you only don't. got the Rams second and third round picks. They didn't get their first round picks. Did they? Nope. I don't think. Nope. So. Sure didn't. All right, last one. Then you can go enjoy beautiful, uh, where is it? Rapid City, South Dakota? That's it. They got any sports teams up there? Minor league hockey, anything? They got a minor league hockey team called the Rapid City Rush. Mm. Sounds fascinating. Uh, Rockies, my friend. Eight and three. Yeah. I'm actually excited to watch this team, and I'm going to buy into them until they start stinking, right? So I'm watching every single Rockies game, and I will watch a lot of Rockies game over the uh, over the course of the season. Yeah, but you can actually watch them, and you can actually well, you got you know what? If you weren't able to watch the Nuggets all season long, at least you can watch them now throughout the playoffs. Yeah, there's not, not sure about the Avs because I think there's still good. hockey's a little different in the first round. Not sure about the Avs, but you can watch all the Rockies games. Yeah, I've been watching these games uh, so far this season. I think it's great. Again, don't understand the plan. Get Kyle Freeland, wrap him up. That's fine. You can't go back in time and trade Story and Gray. You can still go forward and trade uh, Marquez, but I don't think it's happening that way. I'm excited about this Rockies team uh, right now. Again, I think the sky is going to fall at some point in time. Where's the interest level, given that the Avs are in the stretch run, the Nuggets are in the playoffs? I think with Rockies fans, the ones who aren't the diehards, who are just the casuals, they want to see it sustained. They want to see if it can be more than just an early run where they may be catching teams off guard and the Rockies are just playing well. 
if it can become sustainable, if this is something that lasts into June, then you'll see you'll you'll see buy-in. And I think that's where I am at this point. And you, in terms of betting, the interesting thing is CJ Cron was like five hundred to one to win MVP. Now he's down to forty to one. He's leading the league in home runs. That is another interesting aspect in all of this. Is is that going to be sustainable? It's it is a fun team to watch, and I, I think I told you last week the thing that this is doing is it's teaching the team how to win. Yeah, and I, I and I think Bud Black is the perfect manager for this team because he's a calming influence, but he also demands a lot, and I think that's what this team needs. And we'll see. I, I think if Kyle Freeland is able to to get back to where he was when they made that that playoff run. A couple of years ago, you have Herman Marquez. I think you have some starting pitching in place. They obviously have a, a good bullpen. It's just a matter of keeping it going. And I think that's the most important thing in sports is, yes, you're getting off to this great this great start, but can you make it last? Because that's what will ultimately determine whether or not fans buy in or not. Yeah, I just think it would be great. Keep us in it till you know, at least the Broncos start. Maybe in August. Just keep us keep us interested through the summer. I would love that because I'm still not changing my stance. This team is going to <clears throat> going to collapse at some point in time. It's just not as good, especially the other teams of the division. I mean, you look at the way the Dodgers are built, the Giants, the Padres, Manny Machado's going bananas. But let's enjoy this while they're good. Yeah. So I'm I'm buying in right now. I'm happy. I'm betting them every night, and I'm very excited about what the next week could bring. Because that's all I'm looking on the calendar here, Ian. It could fall apart at any time. Let's just take it week by week. We'll do what a what a player does. We'll go game by game. I'm going to go week by week and just enjoy this little run. Absolutely. And I think that's the way to take it. it, it go out and enjoy if they're playing at home. Enjoy 20th and Blake and enjoy the glorified sports bar that is Coors Field. But at least right now they're having good baseball. They are having good baseball. Okay, my friend. Get out of here. Go enjoy yourself. Plug PlayColorado.com. Plug your Twitter handle and anything else you deem worthy of plugging. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at Ian St. Clair. PlayColorado.com is your one-stop shop for betting news, analysis, opinion, features on sports betting, casinos, lottery, anything and everything to help make you a safer and smarter better. And you mentioned at the top of the of our hit here about the um, March revenue numbers coming out. That should be coming in at any point now. It should be in the next week or so that we get that. So keep an eye on playcolorado.com when those numbers come out and we'll have an analysis on what they mean. I'll leave you with this because it just popped up on Twitter. Von Miller interview asked if he feels the bill because he's with the Bills now. Do they have a hangover after their loss to the Chiefs? We talking about hangover. I've been in Denver. We're talking about six years. He's not wrong. He's right. <laughs> He's right. It has been a six-year hangover here. Oh, it's fascinating stuff. Ian, thanks so much for your time, my friend. You take care of yourself, okay? Thanks, Holden. All right, don't forget, rate and review the podcast. That would be wonderful. Just started asking for that. Follow me on Twitter, at Holden Radio. I'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk specific NFL draft bets uh, with my buddy Connor Allen from 4 for 4, and we'll lay down a better two then. For Ian and our producer, Steven, I'm Holden. Thanks for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.